Morning, Catalyst. Glad you're here this morning. I'm excited because we have a special guest with us, a wonderful dear friend of Catalyst and ours and mine, a, a sister in the Lord, and um, just an amazing person. You know, we support uh, Michelle and Explicit and the ministry she's called to. You know, um, I think she's going to share part of her her journey. It's been an incredible journey, not an easy one by any means, but incredible. God's done amazing things. And, you know, she and Explicit, they are engaging and ministering and helping in an area that's very challenging in our day and age. They're addressing very challenging, difficult issues, especially for, for young people and young adults. They address issues like um, same-sex attraction and um, gender identity and um, human trafficking and some really difficult, hard issues, but they do it with such grace, truth and grace in the Lord. Um, it's been amazing, and God's doing some awesome things in and through Michelle and their ministry. And, um, you know, I just... Let's just give a warm welcome because we love Michelle and it's a privilege for her to be here. So Michelle, can come up? She's going to share with us, give us a message and a word today. Good morning, everyone. I am just, this is really just family time because I consider you family. You just have won my heart ever since I got to know all of you years ago. And um, I'm just so, my, my heart is just overflowing with so much gratefulness for each one of you and, and just all your love and support. And I hope this morning that you will be encouraged that the Lord will just encounter your heart in a real deep and significant way because you have such incredible purpose and, and calling on each of your lives as well. So as I share a little bit of some highlights of my journey that, that, that this will impart some nuggets of gems of wisdom and encouragement to you especially. So, um, so I want to I begin, you know, by, sh by sharing that, you know, God wants to turn our banters with him into obedience. How many of you ever banter with God? <laughs> well, I have, you know, and um, one time I asked the Lord, like, am I disrespectful if I banter with you? Because, uh, you know, because, you know, he's God, right? And his answer was to me, um, well, isn't that what you do with a friend? And I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, so be real with God. That's one of the first things, be real with God, be authentic. He knows us anyway, right? Um, but I want to start my journey um, with you um, to tell you a story. So once upon a time, there lived a girl in a closet. She grew up in a home with a lot of violence and abuse, a um, lot of verbal and physical abuse, and her favorite place to go to would be the dark closet in the corner to escape the chaos. And in this dark place, it was lonely, um, and there was a lot of you know, self-hatred and self-rejection that this little girl struggled with. And that little girl was me. And throughout my entire life, God himself, Jesus, has been trying to woo me out of that closet to give me hope and life and, you know, a destiny. And, and so all of us, we may, you know, we know, sometimes I think God sometimes picks the most unusual, unlikely people to do things for him. I mean, just look at the Bible, right? There's so many characters in the Bible that had very humble beginnings. And so if you ever feel, you know, in yourself that, Oh, you know, I, I'm just really unlikely. I'm insignificant. Well, that is, that God loves, loves to pick people, ordinary people like you and me, to do extraordinary things with him as we partner with him. And so even in this whole life journey through explicit movement, it's just been a whole journey of him continuing to woo me to step into what he has called me to be. And, and so I just want to encourage you the next I have a great scripture in Psalms 147.3. You know, God has a passion to restore and heal us. I love 
Psalm 147 3 says, He heals the wound of every shattered heart. And that's how I've gotten to know my Lord. He's just so um, comforting and healing and restorative, just transforming our lives from glory to glory, right? Over time. Now, I want to start my story with the great surrender. And I'm going to pick up the journey several years ago. I believe it was 2008 when I was at a Bethel conference, uh, pastoring kids through revival. And uh, it was a five-day conference, I believe. And on the last day, uh, I, it was the last session and, you know, and, and the night session. And it, the, the worship was going on. Normally, the worship was maybe 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes. And then, of course, the main speaker would come up. Well, this worship was so spirit-led that it started to go past an hour, and everybody was freely worshiping, you know, doing whatever they wanted to do, sit down, lie down, dance, whatever. And so I was in the very back of the room, and Holy Spirit said, I want you to go to the front by, like, the loudspeaker and worship me in the front. So no, no, everybody had their eyes closed. Nobody really knew what anyone else was doing. So I just made my way to the front by the big loudspeaker, and I just started to worship him. And as I worshiped him, he spoke to me, and he said, are you willing to die for the movement? It's going to cost you everything. And I didn't really know exactly what he was saying, but I knew it was a point of surrender. Like, are you willing to lay down my life for for his call. And so I started to cry. You know, it was a moment of surrender, right? Where you're like, oh, God, I'm going to give you my whole life, literally even, you know. And I was crying, and I said, yes. And then he said, I want you to shout your yes three times. Now, I was by the loudspeaker, so the blasting out. So I figured, oh, if I yelled, nobody would really know. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And then and then he, he said, I needed you to yell your yes, so you, you, you declared it. And then... Right at that moment, the worship was still going on, and the main speaker that was to speak ran up to the front of the, of the stage and grabbed the mic from the worship leader and said this, and she said, are you willing to die for the movement? It will cost you everything. Just blurted it out like that. And I, I mean, that was verbatim, right, what the Lord had just asked me. So I kind of sank. I went to the front row, and I just sat, sank in the seat, and I was just weeping because I knew God was confirming that, what, that I did hear him. And so that was a really moment of great surrender. I didn't know what movement this was, <laughs> but later on, you know, he called me to do explicit movement. So years before explicit movement had begun or even was an idea, God had me surrender to, to, to just say, okay, Lord, you have it all. And I want to give you one more story about surrender that, that is of everyday, everyday life type of surrender. So um, the Lord wanted me to share this. So maybe may some of you be encouraged by this. So years ago when my, I first got married, I got married in 1984, so it's, you can calculate, <laughs> it's many years ago. Um, I, you know, wanted to, I eventually wanted to have my own, have children with my husband, Rob. Well, I had some biological issues, and, and I was diagnosed with premature menopause in my 20s. And so I was, you know, just, I was thinking, but I'm going to be like Sarah and Hannah, the Bible. God's going to do a miracle, and I was believing. But anyway, um, eventually God changed my heart. Not that thing, you know, I wasn't successful in biologically giving birth, so the Lord had opened my heart to adoption. So uh, we were in the process of adopting this one particular baby that was going to be born. But last minute, so, you know, when, when we got the confirmation that we were going to be the couple to get this baby once it's born, I was so excited. I decorated the room. I bought baby clothes. You know, I was so excited. I had been struggling with infertility, infertility for many years. And so you can imagine, I'm so excited, right? And so, the, but I remember the night where I got a call and it said, oh, you know, this whole situation kind of fell through. It's not going to happen. And I was in anguish. And if ever you ever, if you ever was in anguish, were you just so gutturally just wailing and just so much pain? Because I felt like I had a baby and it died, you know, in my heart. And so I remember going to sleep that night crying because it was so fresh. And the next morning, 
I hear a song being played in my ear. It's an old song. Um, some, you know, the chorus went, Forever you will be the lamb upon the throne. I'll gladly bow my knee and worship you alone. That song, it was playing in my ear at five in the morning as I'm waking up. It was almost as if an angel or something was like singing it. And the Lord said, worship me. And I said, I don't feel like it. And he said again, worship me. It was still dark. My husband was still asleep. And so I, I, pull, I forced myself to get out of bed. I mean, that's the last thing I wanted to do is worship God. I was so devastated. I was more like, why God? You know, this happened. So I go into my living room. It's dark. I kneel down by myself, and I lift up my hands, and I start singing that song that's playing. And then the Lord says to me, you know what you have to do. And inside I knew that he wanted me to surrender my desire to be a mom to him, which was a deep, deep desire. And so I lifted up my hands, and it was so hard to do. And I said, and to my tears, I'm saying, God, I surrender my desire to be a mom. If I'm never a mom this side of heaven, I will still love you and serve you with all of my heart. And I just tears. And after I said that, it was like this supernatural peace, like honey, just kind of fell over me. And I felt, wow, some, somehow it's going to be okay, right, God? And I just felt this supernatural peace. Well, two weeks later, that we got a call from Pastor Corey, Corey Ishida of Evergreen Baptist Church at the time. And he said, Michelle, we have a situation here that, that you know, uh, adoptions uh, opportunity, which, are you interested? And that ended up being my son, Aaron, you know. And, but it was interesting because God was, I think God was saying, okay, now you're ready to be a mom. See, because that desire to be a mom became an idol in my life. It was such an obsession. A and so it was almost like God was saying, yes, now you're ready to be a mom. You surrendered it. Now I can, you know, I am the Lord, not this desire of yours. And so I'm not saying that once you surrender, boom, you're going to get what you want, because that's not always how God works. But I think God is always after our hearts, right? And he knows our hearts more than we know our hearts ourselves. So walking with God, surrendering is part of part and parcel of walking with him, right? Okay, so and then, so flashback, going back to the, uh, the Bethel experience. So when God said that, you know, are you willing to die for the movement? I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to go back to Hawaii now after this conference. Uh, I have to do this movement. I don't even know what it is. But, okay, what do I have to do? Because I tend to be a Martha more than a Mary at times. Like, okay, what am I supposed to do? What's a to-do list, you know? And the Lord told me this. He said, don't do anything. Just go back to Hawaii and be faithful in what I put in front of you. And I will open up the doors when it's my timing. So I says, phew, okay, I don't have to do, do you know, like strive. So I go back, and I want to share this one scripture, Luke 16, 10. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And that's a real principle I've learned, too, that be faithful in what he puts in front of you, even though it seems little, because God is watching, and he's going to be able to give you more. You know, um, in John 15, 4, it says, You are my friends if you do what I command. Luke eleven twenty eight. he replied, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. For all who are led, being led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Okay, so um, the, it's obedience too. You know, it's being faithful with what God has put in front of you and being obedient. So when I went back to Hawaii, you know, I did stuff like, iron those tablecloths and make those potluck food and set up chairs, you know, and I just did those things with all my heart. And God saw, you know, and just like how he's watching you. Okay, so then, but then came a moment where I needed to step over the line into greater obedience. It's like a, like a line in the sand, right? And it's like, okay, are you really to now walk in greater obedience, right? And that's how God does as we mature in him. It, it gets bigger, you know, and so it doesn't necessarily get easier, but it gets bigger. Okay, so so then the explicit movement story, which I, many of you ever heard, you know, a lot of the details, but I want to just fast forward to just one testimony in the journey of the birth of explicit movement, um, because it's just to refresh. Some of you have heard this before, but it, I think it's worth repeating just because of the what God taught me. So one night, um, 
the, see, when I started, we, we started Explicit Movement, I had to go through an internal change because it was accelerating and growing so fast and within a couple years that I was like, yeah, Lord, I think that I'm the wrong person. There should be much more capable people than me that would know what they're doing. So I would be bantering with the Lord. One night, in the middle of the night, the Lord uh, woke me up and he said, Michelle, remember when you were a newly married woman and you wanted to be a mom? And I said, yes, a biological mom. I said, yes. He said, well, you're giving birth to explicit. And I said, I'm too old for this. And then he said, well, what about Sarah? And I said, okay, Lord, well, I'm a pastor, so I teach people to find their destiny, know your passions. So, Lord, I have a passion to see uh, people healed and restored. I have a passion to see the body of Christ coming together in unity. I have a passion to create places and spaces where you can show up and transform lives. But purity, it's a burden because I'm a mom, but it's not a passion, so it really doesn't match me. I really think you need to find someone else to do this. And then he says this. He says, well, what about Moses? Did he have a passion to free Israel? He didn't even want to do it initially. And I'm like, right and then he said this this is the powerful life-changing or mind-shifting that moment that he really helped me he said michelle in some assignments obedience is more important to me than passion and i was like and he said i need you to start loving the baby stop complaining about the baby and stop being afraid of the baby so then i was like god help me to love the baby because I'm terrified of the baby you know and so it was this whole journey of God working in my heart but I think he taught me a, a principle that obedience is very important to the Lord he just wants our yes even though it's scary and it doesn't make sense sometimes but but he will do that inward journey with you Okay, so that's the explicit movement, how it got started. But then it came to a different phase, okay? And I want to share um, something that happened in 2021, which wasn't that long ago, okay? During COVID, actually. So I think many of you didn't hear this, this significant shift in my ministry. So in 2021, there came another big pivot, um, another milestone of obedience. So up to that point, explicit movement had been 99% of my effort and time, you know, many hours a week, full-time job. Um, but I, I did, some of you know this, I have two other natural passions. By the way, explicit did become, God did grow my heart, so now it is a passion. But I had these two natural passions of kingdom kids, you know, raising kids up and youth up to be, um, know the Lord and intimacy, you know, and just raising them up. And then I, I love creativity. I love to activate people in their creative creativity no matter what you do. And um, many people don't think they're creative, but you are. All of you are creative in your own unique way. You can be a scientist or a mathematician and you're creative in that. Okay, so anyway, so I love to activate people with, as they connect with God's creativity. There's no limits to what you can do, right, in this world. So I love these two things. And so, um, but I wasn't really paying much attention to them because 99% of my time is explicit. So, in there, so now I want to talk about the sag, saga of the three pearls. And this is a major shift that God did. So it started one night in January 6, 2021. I had a dream. I normally don't dream, but I, this one, I, I, I mean, I remembered my dream, and it was so incredibly vivid. So I walked into this gym, and there were, like, lots of children and youth playing around. But as soon as, and there was one adult in the gym besides the kids. It was Pastor Dean Fujishima. Some of you know, that, know him. And he was the only adult in there just on the side. So I walked into this gym, and I'm seeing the kids. As soon as, soon as I walk in, the presence of God falls on the, on the kids. They stop playing. Their hands go up. And there's this one prophetic um, 10-year-old Caleb, who's a grandson of one of the pastors I know in Hawaii, who's very, very um, sensitive to, to Holy Spirit. And he's, he's there, and he's yelling, the Spirit of God is here. The Spirit of God is here. He's yelling. And I'm just in awe of what's happening all of a sudden. And Pastor Dean walks up to me. He goes, wow, Michelle, when you walked in the room, the presence of God fell on the kids. And I'm like, whoa. And then now I start waking up. And 
the Lord brings back a memory of some of a Kingdom Kids event that I did and a significant time. And now I'm fully awake. And now he's telling me, Michelle, in 2021, I want you to also do Kingdom Kids because I don't want you to forget about the children and the youth, especially the children, because that's Kingdom Kids starts from when they're little. And I was like, I, need, I want you to do this and this and this for Kingdom Kids. I want you to do this and this and this for Explicit Movement. And I want you to do this and this and this for Rethink Creativity. And so I get out of bed, middle of the night, and I'm writing it down because, oh my gosh, this is the first time in my whole life that God is actually telling me what to do in a year, right? For the year. So I'm writing it down. And then it hits me after I write this down. I'm like, what, oh God, three things? How can I do three things? I don't have any time. But oh Lord, okay. So I, th then six hours later, um, it was a three in the morning or some around there. So six hours later, I'm in my office, and it, uh, up to that, the time, a year and a half up to that time, I had my dream team, everyone. Any of you who, who are managers or you know CEOs or have to work with the staff, I had a dream staff. I had a full-time volunteer. Just she was uh, she was just able to volunteer and so she was a great COO and really helped revamp so much systems and structures and explicit. Then I had a part-time Lauren who helped with media and social media and things. And so we got along so well. We flowed together. We were getting accomplishing a lot. And um, I loved my team, Lauren and Elisa. So I, I see Elisa you know, in the office and she said, I'm so sorry, but my husband said, I need to stop working for explicit and focus on my two high school kids and really help them. And I was, I was like, oh, and he, she says, I really don't want to leave explicit, but I need to honor my husband and I really feel I need to just, you know, do this. So he's, I don't want to leave and I'm so sad and I'm sad too, I'm crying, we're both crying. And then, um, then, then two days later, this, this is a Wednesday, so two days later, Friday, Lauren co comes in and she says, Michelle, I'm really, really sad. I cried and cried, you know, days before, but the Lord told me that I need to take this promotion at Starbucks to be a manager full time, and so I cannot work with Explicit anymore. So we're so he so this is devastating. God tells me to do more, and then my whole staff is now gone, and I'm alone. So that January was a was a month of transitioning out. But you can imagine I'm a very relational person. I'm a high I in personality test. So I'm. Relationships are so important to me. So I was grieving not only a loss of a great staff, but sisters that I loved, loved so much. So I'm crying, you know, and then they, they leave in January. First time in the history of Explicit I am by myself. Normally when someone transitions out, there's always someone that we hire, right, and take his place. Well, now I'm all alone. And so now I'm like, okay, now what? So February comes, I'm depressed. I go into a really dark place of feeling, I don't know if I can do this, God, I'm all alone and just depressed. And one night, um, I was crying in bed, my, my husband was sleeping, and I said, Jesus, you have to talk to me because I feel like giving up. I, this is really hard and I'm all alone. You know, I just, just felt so alone. And then Jesus takes me into a vision immediately, and I'm in heaven, uh, he, he says, follow me, following Jesus, he opens a door, of this room, okay? And in this room, there's buckets of pearls. And then, then Jesus is standing in front of me like this with like with the oyster in his hand. And he's like, Michelle, look at this oyster. So I'm in, right in front of Jesus, looking at oyster. He says, oysters are unattractive, but normally when you open it up, there's a pearl. And he opens the pearl, and there's three pearls in it, a pink, a gray, and a white pearl. And he looks me in the eyes and he says, Will you serve me with the three pearls I've given you? Kingdom Kids, Explicit Movement, Rethink Creativity. And I'm crying because, I'm, oh, yes, Jesus. Because how can you say no to Jesus? He's asking you. So I'm crying. I'm saying, yes, Jesus. And then, but suddenly it was a confirmation in my heart that, okay, I, I guess I am following. I guess I am hearing right. God is leading me. Okay, so there was comfort in that. So I had, uh, you know, the depression kind of lifted me. And then later on in February, I, an assistant, Joshua, joined the team. So now I wasn't alone. But then March comes, early March, and I'm thinking to myself, I need to have my graphic artist make a big oyster with three pearls, a pink, a gray, and a white. And God had given me three words. 
Kingdom Kids is raising, explicit movement is restoring, and creativity is releasing, like releasing people into their destiny, okay? So raising, restoring, releasing. So I, so I asked my, girl, my friend, can you make this oyster thing and you know, put raising, restoring, releasing. So every time I feel like discouraged, I will look at this poster on the, my wall and remind myself what Jesus told me. So in March, she works on this. She sent it to me one morning, and you know, working at my, my home now because of COVID. So working on my, my dining table, opened up my laptop early in the morning. <gasps> she sent it to me. So I looked at it. Oh, it's so beautiful, you know, this graphic. And then I thought, oh, I gotta water my plant. So I, I get up out of my seat, and I like within a minute or so, I go to my front door, and I open the door to water my plants. And I look, look down, and then there's a little box, a little brown box, no tag, no card, no letter, no nothing. It's just a box. So I, I what is this box? In the box, there's a necklace, a chain with three pearls a pink, a gray, and a white. And I'm like, whoa, like, what is happening? Did an angel come from heaven and drop this off? Like, at the right time, you know? And I don't, I didn't know what happened. And, uh, but I just like, oh, God, God is confirming. Like, yes, Michelle, keep going. I know it's three things now, but just keep going. And um, so I, I keep going. And well, actually, the, the end of the story of that part is uh, a few weeks later, a girlfriend says, oh, Oh, by the way, Michelle, I dropped off a necklace like weeks ago. I was really in a rush that morning, so I just dropped it off and left. But God had told me to buy this necklace when I saw it on Etsy for you. So again, it was a holy, holy spirit was orchestrating the whole encouragement of me <laughs> for me, you know. So um, I wanted to just share that, that, you know, God was just encouraging me. So a lot of times when we doubt, ourselves or doubt if we're hearing God you you know God is faithful to confirm and encourage us encourage us along the way okay so the continuing journey from unbelief to believing God and obeying his voice explicit movement three pearls okay and then now I just want to go to 2019 present to the future to the future so just to recap very briefly, in 2019, we did our first anti-sex trafficking conference in Hawaii. It was a great success in letting people to understand what the problem was, right? And then about a month after the conference, I'm in the shower, minding my own business, and I see a vision in front of me, that, and it's a book floating in front of my eyes. And the, the, the title is blurry, but the subtitle says, Protect Yourself from Sex Trafficking. And I, the, the, you know, the pages are opening, and I'm like, oh, it's like a magazine style, you know, with graphics. And then I say, God, what is this you're showing me? And he says to me, Michelle, this is a publication for teenage girls to read to empower them and to they can be equipped to protect themselves from being victimized from sex trafficking. And I go, God, that's a brilliant idea. You're so smart. I don't know if there's anything like that. And then he says, uh, I want you to do a Christian version first, then a secular version. And if you do it with excellence, it's going to go global. And I thought, well, I don't know about the global part. But I knew it was an assignment. So, so I contacted Damon and Sakura from you know, Hava Design. And Sakura and I have been working on this for the past three years really hard. OK, so, so it was just how God God, uh, you know, just surprised me by this. And then, uh, remember he said global. Well, 2021, Sakura and I are still working on this because it only got published basically this past summer in July. So a year ago, we're still working on it. We're not marketing it. We're not promoting it. We're just working on it. And I'm not telling really people about it at all yet. And all of a sudden, God starts to randomly connect me with people from around the world, just random crazy supernatural connections i'm not even trying and i'm all of a sudden having lunch with missionary friends who uh, my friend said oh you should have lunch with these missionary friends visiting they're really great people here it's their number you should call them they're here in hawaii for just a short time so i would call them we don't strangers we're talking and then you know they, we talk about what we're doing and i share them about baby beautiful and they're like oh, michelle we want to translate this i said it's not done yet i don't care we we want to start translating it now i said what do you mean they said well you don't understand we're one of the top leaders of anti-sex trafficking over the entire nation of Cambodia, and we want this for the entire nation of Cambodia. I'm like, 
what? You know, and so these things started to happen. So, uh, in fact, a funny story, really funny story. One day, uh, a Duke Iona, who, who ran for governor this, this, this round, but he was once lieutenant governor of Hawaii, he calls me on my phone. And he says, Michelle, I heard about Brave and Beautiful. Tell me about this. How can I help you? I'm like, whoa. And then that, that same day, I get a WhatsApp from this royal lord in the House of Lords in UK Parliament. And she's like, Michelle, I heard about this Brave and Beautiful. Can you Zoom with my team to see how we can get this to UK? I'm like, what is going on? You know, it's just God was doing the PR. So, so God was doing this. And so just in this past April, um, before it was even launched, I realized there was leaders of over 20 nations that wanted this and wanted to uh, translate this. So. So this is a God thing. This is God's idea from the start, right? It wasn't even my, my idea. So let me just briefly go over what is Brave and Beautiful. So I'm excited to introduce you to this powerful solution that will give middle school and high school girls the critical support they need to bloom, to blossom, to thrive, and be safe in the process. It's a set of four transformational journey books, and it does three things. Number one, it builds confidence. It helps readers to know their God-given identity, which is so important, right? Including helping the readers to grow in emotional health. How many of you need to grow in emotional health? I do, <laughs> we, all, we all do. And then secondly, it imparts wisdom. It imparts inspiration and stories and wisdom from women around the globe. And then thirdly, it helps to protect and prevent victimization. Um, to, pre to prevent vulnerability to present dangers, to practically protect themselves. I mean, I wish I had this when I was in high school or middle school. So you see, prevention is the key. The greatest defense is a well-informed daughter. And the greatest defense also is a girl who is confident and knows who, he, who she is in Christ. That's actually the best defense against victimization. That's why we devoted the vast majority of content to that. Each page is a work of art um, with interactive pages and powerful articles. Um, and we also have a parent leader guide for parents or church leaders or organization leaders to go through it one-on-one -on -one or in small groups. There's so much creative ways you can do this. You can also give it as gifts to the teenagers you know. But as you know, when you go through it with someone and dialogue about it, you can digest things even deeper, right? So we made the parent leader guide for that. You will have. I mean, so many people have already started this. It's powerful, positive heart connections being made between mentors, parents, and the, their, their girls, as well as transformational conversations. It opens the door to those transformational conversations. And then we also want to give back. Every purchase gives back to, to girls in need. And uh, we have a table in the back later on. And I want us to you know, sign up to be on the, the on our, our mailing list subscription, you just get an email at once a month and it keeps you updated, but you also get a free five-point plan to protect teens from sexual exploitation. And it also has some special tips for churches to have protocols in place to protect youth groups because nowadays um, recruiters target Christian girls sometimes, even youth groups. Recruiters target girls in your, in your schools, your neighborhood schools, um, you know, public places, and recruiters and groomers are often classmates. They're often same age as your, as your kids. Okay, so it's totally changed. It's not only the foreign women and, you know, these pimps that are older that are trying to get, they hire and they recruit younger and younger uh, teenagers to recruit teenagers. Okay, so there's so many different ways, but you'll learn about that. So let's go back. As you and I walk in obedience, God not only wants to partner with you to impact lives, but he so loves you and believes in you beyond what you believe in yourself. He is your greatest cheerleader. That's what I found. And every time I'm discouraged, it eventually God always encourages me and lifts me back up again. Okay, so as we obey despite our banters, we will become more like Jesus as we respond, right, in the, in the right way. In Ephesians 4.23, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy, Ephesians 4.23.
So this is what I've learned, some of the nuggets that I, I want to encourage you with. Pursue your healing is, is one of the, which I know this Catalyst Church values that to that transformational process. Pursue um, embracing all that God says you, who, who God says you are. Pursue growing in your relationship with God and hearing his voice. As you can see, hearing his voice has been so instrumental in this walk with the Lord. Pursue walking in obedience and surrender. You know, grow in faith and faithfulness and discover and pursue the God dreams that he has placed in, inside of you. Some of you may not even know, but it's a process of discovering. And pursuing takes a conscious effort, right? It takes energy and priority, you know, but it will lift your life to greater heights more than you can ever imagine. And, and this is a big point because I know we all love our families. Your breakthrough will be your family's breakthrough. Your breakthrough will be the world's breakthrough because you will be changed and transformed. It's going to have impact naturally. Without you even trying, it's going to impact lives around you as God you know, causes your words and your actions to have a ripple effect. And you may not even realize it but God is going to do it. And in obedience and through the sufferings and the victories, as you can see, it's, it's behind the scenes. It's, it's not always a bed of roses, right? But through it, as we persevere, God is transforming us from glory to glory. Our good, good Father wants to help take off the limits we put on ourselves and step into the fullness of who we were created to be. That's God's he, he's such a good father. He wants us to bloom into who we are, who we truly are. And then next is walk in the fullness of our calling. He wants that. And to display the brilliance and the beauty, the glory, the holiness, the joy, the abundance of our identity in him as we embrace that. Okay. Um, I want to just close with one short story, just take a couple minutes, and then I'm going to land the plane and end. And, and. But I, I had a, just to show you that the process of transformation is still going on with me, okay? Uh, in April, I was invited um, to a new friend, Nancy Vu. She's a fashion designer um, and just a woman of God. Anyway, she invited me to this retreat at her home in Napa with two or three other women. And she surprised us. She says, there's no agenda. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit what he wants us to do with us every day. It was very powerful. But one of the days, she says, oh, guess what, girls? You're going to have professional hair and makeup and a, and a photo shoot. And then we're going to, tonight, we're going to go to Queen Esther's dinner, you know, at, at, the, at the, a good restaurant. So we had crowns. She made us wear, you know, and everything. And, and grown women, but we're wearing crowns at this restaurant. But before that, um, I had my hair and makeup done first, so I was done. So I was in the living room just, you know, hanging around, watching the other gals getting made up. And Nancy, she's really funny. She's really uh, spontaneous. She says, Michelle, Michelle, I have a great idea. Come, 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 come. I'm like, okay. She says, okay, go, go, out, let's go out to my porch. And she's, I'm going to take a picture of you. I said, okay, what? She says, oh, there's a big mirror on the porch. So she said, look in the mirror, and I want you to uh, look. At, it was a big mirror, like really big. And she said, look at yourself in the mirror, put your hand on the mirror, look at yourself in the mirror, deep, deep in your eyes, and smile at yourself. I'm like, okay. Like, so I'm you know, smiling at myself, and she's taking pictures of me, just spontaneous, crazy idea. But it was a God moment. Right in that moment, God started to speak to me. He said, God said, remember, do you see how far you've come, Michelle? This is a full circle moment because you see, when I looked in the mirror, do you know what I said? I'm 60, I'm made 60 years old this year. <laughs> you know, it's a big milestone, 60 years old woman, okay? I'm, I'm looking in the mirror at myself and I'm smiling with a crown, my makeup, my hair, my nice, you know, dress. And I look smiling at myself and I, I, I think to myself, wow, I'm beautiful. <laughs> and, okay, Asian growing up, like you don't say that. I mean, you know, you know how we, Someone's grow up, you, you should be really human, you never, but I'm like, I'm beautiful. And I was laughing at myself, but then God said, you see, I brought you here to this moment because remember when you first got married, I was unhealed, I was very broken. 
But it was one time I, I got an argument with my husband. I went into the bathroom, and I looked at myself with disgust in my eyes. And I looked at myself deep in my mirror. In the mirror, I said, "I hate you. I wish you were dead." I, told, I cursed myself. Of course, I had to repent from that later. But that was the moment, and the Lord reminded me of that. And He says, "You see, I took you from that moment to this moment when you finally see your beauty. You finally see the glory that I put in you." And so, so He, and then right after that, so I'm telling Nancy this: what happened to me? And she's crying. I'm crying. She goes, "Michelle, if this was the only God encounter this whole weekend, it was worth it for me to have you." And then she runs away. She comes back with a key in her hand. She shoves the key in my hand. She goes, "God just gave you a key. Do you know what it is?" And I said, oh, "I don't know what it is. What did she? What did He give me?" And she's, "God just gave you the key to extravagantly love yourself, Michelle." And you're gonna give it away to others so they can extravagantly love themselves. And I was just crying. Okay, so the healing still continues. And after that, something shifted in me. So God is teaching me how to walk it out. And God's gonna teach you how to walk it out in the in the beauty and the glory of who He's created you to be. So in 2 Corinthians 4 7, we are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power, power will be seen as God's and not ours. And the last one I want to close with, in Romans 8:19, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. I'm going to say it one more time. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. Amen. Can you stand? I just want to pray a blessing over you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the gift of every single beautiful son and beautiful daughter in this room. And Lord, I just, whatever you've given to me, Lord, and how you've just been so gracious and so merciful and so loving to impart to me, Lord, I just, I just want to just give it, Lord, just impart what I have to, the, the courage, Lord, the, the perseverance, the ability to surrender, the ability to trust in you. I'm still growing in that, Lord. But I pray for all of us in this room that we will just have the greater ability to never be moved out of that place of trust in you, Lord. And I, I ask you to, Lord, um, as you've given me the key, Lord, to, to just extravagantly love myself, Lord, I just impart, Lord, the key to extravagantly love themselves, each one of you, to extravagantly love yourself. And, and not, it's not a prideful thing. It is a holy, it is a healthy love that God wants you to have to love yourself, to see the beauty of who you are, the glory of God that is brilliantly shining through you by you just being you. And Lord, your word says that we love others as we, we love ourselves. So Lord, as we love ourselves more extravagantly from glory to glory, Lord, you're going to increase our capacity to love other people, to love the world, to love people in our family that are difficult to love people in our workplace to love the world to love places and spaces that you take us to and so lord i just ask you lord that you continue this process of wooing all of us lord out of the dark places where we rather hide because there's so much in us that is meant to shine and stand up and i just also break also, like coming from J Japanese culture, there's that saying of, you know, you pound down the nail that stands out. And that is not your kingdom way, Lord. So I just break that lie, Lord, and any limitations of belief that we're not supposed to shine because it's not a prideful thing, Lord. We're in humility. We're standing before you as glorious sons and daughters, Lord, to step into the fullness of who you've called us each to be. And I just thank you, Father, that you're doing this right now and continue to walk, help us to walk it out, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just pour out your love right now on each one and just give us, Lord, the, the strength, the courage that we are all brave and beautiful, Lord, in our own unique way, and, you're, and we're, we're growing in you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen.
the worship team come up. You can have a seat if you want. Maybe Jeremy could play a little bit. You know, the, I believe, God-given mission of our church is helping people become all that they're created and called to be in Christ. Uh, that's our calling as a church. That's our mission as a church to come alongside people and encourage them, um, help them to know the love of God, help them to develop intimacy with the Lord and to hear from him why he created you the way he did. Um, I just thank the Lord for Michelle because I think this morning we got to see that our mission worked working out in a person you know the challenges the um, god moments the, the journey of michelle stepping out to become and live out all that god created and called her to be and that's a picture for us i think there's a word for us in her life of him wanting to do that for each and every one of us. He created you for a purpose. He made you for a reason. He's given you challenges, trials, even hardships, even some of you trauma that he could redeem for his good purposes. And so there's a couple of things the Lord put on my heart um, today, this morning. Uh, one is um, I want us to um, support Michelle because she's going and explicit is going into places that are very dark. And her calling, um, man, to deal with some of the issues she and explicit are dealing with. And um, so I just felt like the Lord wanted us to take a love offering for her um, today and the next, or over the next several weeks, uh, you could give online. If you if you if you give with a check, you could just put explicit. If you give online, I think Kyle set it up so there's a drop down and you could see for Michelle, and it's just collecting a love offering for her to support. Her. You know, I know several years ago, right? We hosted an explicit conference. And many of you gave financially to support that conference that enabled us to have the conference. But I'd say a majority of what was given to us, we passed on to explicit as, as just sowing into what, the, what we could see the Lord doing. And as you could see, um, and props, thanks so much for Sakra and for Damon. They coming along, Michelle. And, um, supporting, um, but um, it's having global impact of helping people um, that are just in dark places and broken. So, um, yeah, so, so over the next several weeks, we're going to just take a love offering for Michelle and for Explicit. And, um, you know, right after service, uh, probably about 11.45, we have to set up the room, but we're, um, I, we wanted to make a Michelle available for just questions and answers, um, maybe on your journey or just about explicit or about her, pro her, her, the things she's gone through, or if you, I know some of you, God's put on your heart to, with a heart for um, helping those that are victims of human trafficking. Um, anything so um, some of you signed up we have lunch we we've, we've got some extra lunches too um, but yeah just w in encourage you to come just it's, it's just Q&A with Michelle light lunch just hanging out spending some time together so um, so that too um, and then too I want to invite the prayer team to come up I know some of you are um, signed up to, for a prayer come on up now if you're part of the prayer team you can come sit in front um, I just felt like um, for some of you, I got a picture of a crossroads, like a Y, and 
you're at a crossroads in your life and there's some decisions and you're not sure where to go and I believe for some of you it has to do with God's calling on your life and uh, God's direction for you and you're just not sure I just want to invite you to come up just receive some prayer some of you feel stuck like you felt like you pursued a dream and something happened and um, it got derailed and you just feel stuck I feel like the Lord wants to minister to you today to help you move beyond that whatever barrier has gotten in your way and, and for some of you you know you're just not sure you're not I don't, I'm not sure what my passion is and I, I don't know what God's calling um, God created you for a purpose. And so I just invite you to come up for prayer um, and to say, I, I'm not sure. And to just minister to you that the Lord will open up your eyes, ears, your spirit, and start revealing things to you about who he made you to be. Okay? So let's just, I'm just going to have a word of prayer for this time. Lord, thanks so much for Michelle. Thank you for what you're doing in and through her life. And thank you for the revelation, wisdom, word that you've given, not only through her words, but through her life, God, about um, the fact that following you with our whole heart, surrendering all we have to you. There's nothing greater, better, higher, and it's, it's worth it, Lord. It's worth it. And so, Lord, um, pray in this time of worship and ministry, you come, Holy Spirit, just to encourage, release, reveal to people, each one, your heart for them and your call for their lives. So minister now. Thank you. We welcome you. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we're going to have just a... Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. Hope you will join us in person sometime. It would be great to see you and meet you. Don't forget to subscribe to our Catalyst YouTube channel so you don't miss out on anything. And... Be blessed this week, and as always, thank you, Jesus.